This is Mishmash, a weekly conversation where we unjumble an important and sometimes under the radar statewide issue that affects you. And Shayna, we talk a lot at the end of these conversations about following up. We talked a little while ago about prevailing wage, what that meant, what people were saying on both sides of that issue. And now we are following up because something big has happened. What's going on with prevailing wage? It's gone. The legislature voted to pass the repeal of prevailing wage, and now it is no more. And I'm sure people who didn't want prevailing wage repealed are now sitting and waiting to see if the governor is going to sign this, right? Nope. This was a citizen-initiated petition, and it's a little bit different from some of the typical ballot proposals in that it allows for the legislature to have a first bite at whether or not this should pass. If the legislature hadn't done anything with it, like they did with the marijuana proposal, it would just go to the voters and be on the November ballot. But instead, the legislature decided, you know what, we're going to take this, and they passed it through, and now that means it becomes law without even having to get the governor's signature. And in this case, that was intentional. Look, Governor Mm -hmm. Snyder did not want prevailing wage repealed. This was the way for Republicans in the legislature to circumvent the governor on this issue. What are people in Lansing and people who represent groups like unions and Democrats saying about the way that this all shook out? Well, one of the things that they're really frustrated with is not just that the proposal passed and that now prevailing wage is gone. They're also frustrated with the procedure. And this is how Tom Lutz from the Michigan Regional Chamber of Carpenters explained it. Some people call it ironic. I think I might use the word hypocritical to take something to the voters, tell them we're going to put it on the ballot, and then use this policy or this procedure to shortcut that. So he's arguing that, look, when people sign the petition, they assumed that it was going to go on the ballot and they would be able to make a decision then. But Senate Majority Leader Arlen Mikoff, he disagrees that, that that's the case. When the citizens do a petition language like this, much like the marijuana thing, they know that the legislature is going to weigh in on it, and we did. So it shows that it is really important that you ask questions and you you know, do your research before you sign. You should be trying to figure out what exactly does this do? Uh, How would it become law? Is it something that could go through the legislature? And then also you should be asking questions of the person who is gathering the signatures. Where are they coming from? What group are they with? Are they being paid? That can sometimes have an impact. Uh, So really it shows that it is on us from, you know, from the jump to really be engaged and to not just sign your name and walk on. This is something that's been around for a long time. It's part of Michigan's constitution, but this is the first time in a very, very long time that we've seen it used this way to basically circumvent the governor's veto. And it's going to be interesting next year in Michigan to see if voters do elect a Democrat to the governor's office and we still have a Republican legislature, which is likely, there's a good chance that that Republicans could keep circumventing the party in power in the governor's seat. So it's going to be interesting to see if this is used more in the future. But at the end of the day, really, the next time that someone approaches you with a clipboard and asks you to sign something, make sure that you know what you're signing and know what the process is. Know if it's a constitutional amendment. Know if it's just a petition-initiated law because all of these things affect what's going to happen with your signature moving forward. Exactly. Your signature can have a lot of power. 